As you can already tell, we're doing something different this morning. <laughs> uh, John and I decided this week that we wanted to do something sort of different for our time, our, our homily, and that we are always dialoguing about what we'll be preaching here, and we decided that we would dialogue in front of you <laughs> this morning. Um, and part of this inspiration is coming from what we experienced with Mark Jefferson, who preached here a few weeks ago and enlivened by what he offered us. Um, and so we're following some of what we saw him model and that we're going to dialogue on a different reading at each service. So this morning, we're going to be talking about the Acts reading that we heard this morning. And uh, this may be abundantly clear, but we have not practiced this. <laughs> so, and you are indeed the first people that will hear this. Uh, and so we hope that it will spark your curiosity and spark dialogue among you and with us as we move through this Easter season. So with that, I want to offer a prayer for us. God, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of all of our hearts give you honor, bring justice, offer peace this morning. We ask this all through our rock and our redeemer, Jesus Christ, the risen one. Amen. Amen. So we're going to begin, like I said, with Acts. And you may not know this, or you may already know this, but Every Easter season, Acts replaces the Old Testament as the reading, the first reading. And we almost never get any context for Acts. It just sort of dumps you in. Um, and I wanted to start at the beginning with the quite gripping sentence, which is, when the temple police had brought the apostles... So I wanted to begin by that, of diving into the context of what, what police are here, what's right. happened, how did we get here? Yeah, so uh, it's almost uh, surprising to me that like, they're not in more trouble yet, because <laughs> like, their rabbi, their messiah, Jesus, was just crucified according to Luke's narrative. So Acts, as, as many of you uh, I'm sure know, is a continuation of, of Luke. It's the <laughs> same author. They're really two volumes. Uh, really one work. But anyway, so Jesus, of course, according to Luke's narrative, was just um, handed over to the Romans to be crucified by these same people. Yeah. So it almost seems like they're giving these apostles kind of a long leash. Because mm -hmm. uh, this, this passage where they're arrested um, uh, or brought before the council, uh, they, they've already been in trouble before. So um, what's gone on up until the point, what's led to this uh, drama, to this tension, this conflict, is, uh, uh, first of all, Pentecost. Right, mm -hmm. uh, which is an interesting thing about Acts readings appearing in Easter, because it's actually jumping forward into mm -hmm. the time right after Pentecost. But anyway, the, the apostles have received the Holy Spirit, uh, much like Jesus receives the Holy Spirit at the beginning of the Gospel according to Luke when he's mm -hmm. baptized. And just like Jesus is immediately empowered to go out and heal and proclaim the good news, so do the apostles do it in Acts. And naturally, doing it in Jesus' name, is what uh, irritates the, mm -hmm. uh, the authorities, the temple police, who are representatives of the temple authority, the Sanhedrin, the high priest, the scribes, the Sadducees, um, these religious authorities who are opposed to um, the Jesus movement. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, not only are they, these apostles doing something that, that um, goes against perhaps their convictions and so on, but it's also threatening because this is a growing movement. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's becoming very popular. So um, all that makes it quite intelligible why the, yeah. the police are after them. 
And the one other crazy, um, Acts is full of like remarkable details. Um, Although it's interesting because Luke as the writer, which I relate to this as people of St. Paul's and myself, he often makes things sound very optimistic. (laughs) And I think it can be hard with his tone here to see like how serious this moment was. Um, But also right before this, they had been in trouble, the apostles, they'd actually been in jail and an angel had released them, mm-hmm. right? And then they're, and now they're here right, standing right. trial. Uh, what really struck me for today, resonating with today in this reading, was this conflict of the Jesus movement against established power. Mm-hmm. And our staff is reading a book by Stephanie Spellers together called Church, it's called Cracked Open, which I think the diocesan council read as well. Uh, A lot of people are reading this book right now in the Episcopal Church, and it talks a lot about how the Episcopal Church has often tied itself to established power through history. And that really struck me, and this question of authority just rings through this Acts reading, throughout all of Acts, is what authority will you follow? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I I think uh, in terms of thinking of, like, what what does this passage have by way of a sermon, which of course we're doing some version of right now, um, I, I think this is at least one of the questions. Yeah. You know, how do Christians negotiate uh, the demands of God or our responsibility to God or commitment to God uh, and to Christ and to the church and so on? Um, although, of course, as we've seen, the church is often part of the problem, so that's complicated. Mm-hmm. And, and the demands, uh, the obligations we have to uh, the state and various forms of established power. Um, I saw a C.S. Lewis passage uh, that I don't think he meant to be a commentary specifically on this episode in Acts, but uh, was linked to it in, in a... Well, you have the C.S. Lewis Bible, right? Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It's the Bible with C.S. Lewis, re- relevant C.S. Lewis passages interspersed. But anyway, um, that's my preaching secret. So um, <laughs> he says that, you know, when it comes to, you know, whether we are really to be uh, loyal to uh, uh, God or, you know, any other authority, human authority, uh, there is no question for Christians. It's always God, but with the important qualification or um, nuance that uh, you know, the, the call of Christians is not to turn our back on society, uh, not to have this sort of holier-than-thou mentality, not to have an antagonistic uh, mentality to um, you know, worldly life. I mean, Jesus went to dinner parties. Uh, the Apostle Paul presumes that a lot of his uh, uh, communities that he was writing to were hanging out with pagans and, like, eating dinner with them mm-hmm. um, and participating uh, in, in um, regular, secular, even civic life. Uh, although um, how early Christians understood, like, things like serving in the military is sort of an interesting mm-hmm. thing to think of in that light. But... Um, uh, so even though Christians, you know, have this duty to God, we are um, still in the world, but, but mm-hmm. not of the world, as, as the Gospel of John would say. And so um, that clarifies matters uh, when it comes to, you know, when uh, our society, you know, human authority, uh, established dynamics um, are in tension or in conflict mm-hmm. with uh, what God calls us to, which is, you know, broadly speaking, justice, peace, truth. Um, humility, uh, then, you know, that, that clarifies for us that, you know, we cannot um, go along with it, mm-hmm. um, that we are to direct all, our, our, all of our human activities toward God, 
toward the glory of God. You know, Paul writes in one place, whatever you eat or drink or whatever, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. And so there are many normal things that non-Christians do that we can do to the glory of God, and this sort of like elevates them and perfects them. Um, but there are certain things we cannot. And mm -hmm. in this case, this would be uh, one of those instances, you know, keeping quiet about Jesus was yeah. not something that the apostles could do to the glory of God. So they and, simply couldn't obey. Yeah. I, I've, I have often found myself um, envious of the early church for like their proximity to Jesus and wishing that we, uh, thinking, oh, it must have been so much easier for them to believe. But then I think of hearing accounts of being brought before trials and before the established order, and perhaps it's not as easy for them either. I think the other really big theme of this reading, which weaves itself through Acts as well, is this theme of witness. And I think that connects to our faith today of what we can do um, in response to hearing Jesus and, and worshiping Jesus is witnessing. And the line that really jumped out at me from this reading was they had filled Jerusalem with the teaching of Jesus. And wondering about for us, again, what, what witness might look like in our, in our lives, how we could witness to Jesus, witness to the risen one, um, in this mission of the church that we continue on from the apostles. Yeah, wow. Um, I think that's such an important question because I think we see a lot of Christians in our society, you know, nowadays and certainly throughout the last, you know, couple hundred years since modernity has really taken hold and therefore sort of a more secular quality to our, our common life, is that, you know, we have a lot of Christian groups who will, you know, read the Acts of the Apostles and say, this is exactly what we should be doing. Yeah. Missing the context that, like, everybody's already heard about Jesus. <laughs> That's true. And, it's been you know, quite the topic. Yeah, there's a 2,000, there's 2,000 years of context yeah. that uh, we have, you know, re contemporary or mm -hmm. relatively contemporary people have that the apostles uh, did not have. It was a different time and place. So, you know, like, I don't think... Um, the, the wise or effective or even faithful thing necessarily is to start talking about Jesus and pu publicly to whoever will hear mm -hmm. in quite the way that the apostles did. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be willing and interested in having those conversations when the opportunities present themselves. But um, certainly when I've reflected on like what does it mean to be a witness mm -hmm. um, and to be somebody um, uh, that I believe, you know, all Christians are called to be, somebody through whom um, others might be drawn into communion with God and, and this community, um, uh, I, I really come to feel that it has a lot to do with a quality of being mm. uh, and, uh, uh, you know, to use vague words like energy, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but, you know, more concretely, like, you know, uh, <coughs> You know, th this person is really attentive to me. This person mm -hmm. seems very compassionate. Uh, this person seems uh, less uh, 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 bewildered uh, and, and wound up by the craziness mm -hmm. of the times we live in. I wonder what they have or what's, mm -hmm. what's working. Um, and I, I do think that's an effective thing. Um, yeah. Um, I think of, uh, we went to the same seminary at different times, but one of the dean that was left my first year, Joe Britton, was an Abraham um, Joshua Heschel wow. scholar. And his last sermon at our seminary is one of the ones that will stick with me forever. And it, it ties in a little bit with what I said last Sunday about nothing can save us that is possible. I said that last week with the resurrection. And uh, Dean Britton, sort of on the flip side, said part of our work as Christians is to make the incredible credible. 
Wow. And I think that's, oh, that's part so of good. like the witnessing piece and the way our way of being in the world is that we make the incredible credible to mm-hmm. those we're with. Uh, wow. and, and even when that goes against established order or established right. authority. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if there's anything else we want to draw out. We, yeah, we studied separately for this. Mm-hmm. So anything else that you want to make sure we share about Acts? Um, one thing I did in looking at these three readings is try to identify some common qualities. Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of them, I, I have a list here, is um, the vocation of, of God's people, of, mm-hmm. of uh, Jesus' people, of the apostles, uh, of us. I mean, it's touched on in all three readings, and, and we've heard them, and, and I want to ramble on any more than is necessary, but in here, um, I'm so struck by the structure of Acts that, um, you know, what, exa- what Jesus does in Luke, the apostles do almost exactly mm-hmm. in Acts. There's this very deliberate mirroring, mm-hmm. and I was looking at some readings during this past Easter week, and uh, one of the church fathers talked about how, you know, when we're baptized, we literally become Christ's. Mm-hmm. You know, we receive the same spirit as Christ. In communion, we receive the life of Christ. It becomes our mm-hmm. life. We partake in that. Um, and, like, what an exciting call. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in a society, in a time that can seem so, like, limiting and suffocating, to be reminded that the same power that anim- animated Jesus mm-hmm. is not only available to us, but God wants us to fill up on it mm-hmm. um, is, is a really... Uh, exciting and empowering thing. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that's all. Um, yeah. I have a question. Yes, questions Choice. I think are good. Sure. <laughs> um, it jumped out at me was when they said they locked the doors because of the Jews. Yeah. I'm happy to Oh, and John in the gospel. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm recording this, so I'm going to repeat. Um, Joyce asked the question of in the um, John reading, they locked the doors because of the Jews. And this is a theme throughout um, the whole New Testament that is needing a lot of care and recontextualization and retranslation. Um, so one thing I'll say for that, it's a better translation to say the religious authorities rather than like all Jewish people. Um, and this is the culpability of who killed Jesus is actually a major theme throughout all of Acts. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, we hear it in the Acts reading too, uh, that the Jesus you killed, um, that Peter is saying that to the high priest. Um, And so it was really the whole Roman Empire, the whole established order. Mm -hmm. And the Jewish people happened to be very prominent in that that power structure at the time. Uh, But for us reading it and acknowledging the violence that has been done um, to Jewish people, we have to hold that, we really have to contextualize it. It was the people who are in authority at the time. Um, and one thing I'll say, I mentioned how, um, how Luke tends to be really an optimist. One criticism of Luke writing Acts is that he perhaps made the Jewish people more villains than they actually mm-hmm. should have been in the accounting because he was trying so hard to make the early church look victorious. Mm-hmm. Um, when we all know the struggles of what actually it feels right. like to be in community. And it was probably a lot messier than we're told in accounting. Yeah. So that's... I don't know if you'd add anything yeah, about that. Yeah, I, I think that's right on. I mean, I, I read, when I, whenever I read this 
sort of thing in, in the New Testament. I, I frame it as, you know, the, the problem with the, the religious authorities wasn't that they were Jewish, but that they were in power. Yes. And that's yeah. like a universal human it's thing. thing. And as, you know, Jesus was Jewish, the whole, the, yeah. the, the, the earliest Christians were, were Jewish. It spread quickly uh, to the non-Jewish world, but that's where it started. That was yeah. the early leadership of the church. Uh, Luke is probably the only non-Jewish author in the New Testament. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Thank you. Thank you for dialoguing with us. Um, and I, as we go on in the service, um, I'd like to offer a prayer to wrap this up and, and as we continue into the Eucharist. God be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for rising in physical form to give us the gift of the church, your body, to live out your mission of healing and justice in this world. Thank you for these partners in that community, for these partners in conversation. We ask that you will continue to spark our imaginations and awaken our hearts to your call to mission and service in our world. We ask this all through the risen one, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.